with the ghost of Diana sitting firmly alongside Meghan and Harry, the explosive interview with Oprah has just aired in the United States and in Australia. Soon, the UK will get their turn to tune in. And Lee, all I can say is, wow, who was it? Which member of the royal family speculated with some degree of concern by the sounds of it, about the potential colour of Meghan and Harry's future children. Who was it? Oh, I think I think we need to hold a poll about who... There's many people within the... We think it could be. Um, <laughs> could be any of them. Could be anyone. I'm, my money's with Charles. I think it was Charles reading <sighs> some of the clues in this amazing conversation, that the likes of which we haven't seen before because people have been comparing it to the... Diana sit-down chat, but that was carefully constructed, carefully choreographed. Yes, this was a little bit, but nothing like that one. I just, my money, putting all the clues together is they were talking about Charles. Oh, I mean, you know, it automatically you think, oh, it was Philip. Um, but yeah, the th- the thing with it is, I kind of like think, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna give us that information, just tell us the whole story don't kind of well I, I don't want to say that because i don't want to put that person's reputation well we're now sat there going but well, it could be this person it could be this person it could be this person just say who it is just tell us yeah they, they've implicated everybody in the royal family now yeah yeah we're all yeah we're gonna all be sat there thinking and it's gonna just like be the thing that is going to be latched onto and it's yeah just say it just tell us so come on, Lee, how were you feeling watching this? Was this enthralling stuff? It was fascinating. It's very glossy. It's very American. It's very Oprah. It, you know, she you know she has a style. You're listening to what they're saying, but you're also looking at them as well to kind of look at body language and see um, if, if their body language matches up to what they're saying. Yeah, it's fascinating. Lee, was this undignified? I mean, we don't see the royal family doing this, as you say. Was it undignified? Should they have done it? I don't know. I didn't think it was particularly undignified. They didn't go into, you know, they didn't really say anything that we probably hadn't already guessed. So, you know, they weren't kind of, you know, I... I, I wanted more. I wanted more information. I I was kind of like sat there going, you know, they'd say something and I'd say, right, well, when did that happen? Who was there? What were they wearing? It was, it, yeah. So no, I don't think that it was undignified. I don't think it will go down well with people in the UK because we don't like that. But, you know. Absolutely fascinating, as you say. I mean, look, Megan's story is so eerily similar to Diana, anyone who's read about Diana or followed her life, self-harming, isolation, trying desperately not to weep in public, trapped, sabotaged, stripped of royal titles, total breakdown. Diana used to call it the suffocation. The similarities between what Meghan and Harry were describing, eerie. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I think there are some similarities. Um, the cynic in me was kind of like, you know, you're an actress. You've been trained how to kind of portray yourself. Um, it's easy in some ways to kind of um, put the, the Diana similarities in there. Um, 
but like like I said, we don't know exactly what went on behind closed doors. Um, but it does, you know, there there are real strong comparisons, um, and you know, kudos to to Harry for kind of recognizing that and going, I'm not putting my family through this. I'm 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 out. It was always going to be a powder keg with Harry, though. Like, he was always on this trajectory, if you ask me. He was the boy whose mother was not protected by the institution, an institution that was actively damaging her reputation. Uh, They possibly killed her, quite frankly. And then he was always going to grow up and choose a woman who has indifference or disregard for that institution he might not have consciously been out there but it was always his trajectory in my opinion and boy did he pick a woman she by her own acknowledgement at the start to what extent we believe this or not but didn't know much about the royal family hadn't researched it didn't know anything and the mere fact that she sat down and done this interview shows that she really is not in awe of this institution Mm, you see, that was that was one of my kind of main bugbears. I know she said, you know, I didn't really know much about the royal family. I haven't done any research. I don't believe that because, you know, they're one of the, the most, you know, famous families in the entire world. If you're going out with somebody who's in the royal family, you do your research, you look into what's happened in the past i don't kind of hold the leader yeah it was i was just in love with harry and i didn't really mind um no i i think she will have known um stuff Uh, perhaps not the kind of like nuances of stuff that happens which she kind of discussed but i think she will have done a google search (laughs) it seems to me that everyone had a view of megan before this interview started what do you make of her now after watching this I still don't know. She comes across as a really pleasant person. She, you know, she was articulate. She put her thoughts together really well. I kind of wonder if that, is it a woman thing and and the royal family? Is it because, you know, traditionally women don't, you know, they, they they do as they're told and then she came in and she was like well no actually I don't want to do it like that I want to do it like this and wasn't being particularly rude or obnoxious she was just putting forward her opinion and perhaps they didn't like that Um, and then so therefore think well she's rude she's a bully you know I don't don't know I don't know her as a person Um, I can only go off what I've seen in the interview you're you're far less judgmental than me because I agree. She was highly articulate, much more intelligent than I had realised before watching that. This is, she's a, she's a player, if you want to call it that. That's the impolite way of putting it. Or you can say that she's canny. That's a polite way of putting it. But this woman gets what she wants. She absolutely does. There was a steel in her that I suspected was there and it was confirmed through this interview. That story she told about... Um, she wasn't the one to make uh, Catherine cry, but the other way around. Even if you take her version of events as the truth, she was still crying because she didn't get her own way. I don't know how much you can kind of read into it. The thing is, we don't really know very much about Kate anyway. You know, it goes back to the royal families. They only let us see what they want us to see. So, Oh, we've saw a lot more of them tonight, though, through, <laughs> through, through the eyes of someone who... I believe, probably went in there in some way to 
do a little bit of sabotage, uh, potentially, certainly if they crossed her and, and, and they, she perceives that they have. And this, is, this was akin to a tell-all. It was explosive, to say the least. It really was. It's sort of like thorns wrapped in silk. It's kind of like you could detect the kind of barbs underneath the kind of veneer of... Uh, it was like what you read into it. So, you know, I'm sat there watching it and going, oh, yeah, they mean that and they mean this. Um, and, and Which is it was a bit frustrating because I kind of wanted them to just kind of just t- say it how it is. Don't give us sort of teasers. Just, if you're going to do this, give us the whole thing. This was pretty direct. I mean, she talked about um, completely being isolated, not shown how to do things, set up to fail, told to pull her head in, lay low, almost made to feel she was responsible for all the publicity that was there. She's on tour doing a great job by her own version of events, and yet she, and, and Harry in particular, points out that the royal family was threatened by that because that he'd seen it before with his mother. Watching it and then sitting back and thinking about it, I'm wondering, my take on it is, is that they didn't like her. And when they say they, um, you know, she, she did say that, you know, the royal family isn't just, you know, the Queen and Philip and Charles. There is like a whole sort of mm. army of royalty and advisors yeah. and whether or not they decided we don't like you because you you're not you're not doing what we want you to do and we're not you're not doing what we're telling you to do so therefore we're not going to help you we're going to make it as difficult as possible for you to kind of fit in um so i kind of think well is that what happened did she kind of like rock the boat and make them feel threatened as diana did um to to a to a lesser or greater extent back in her day and they just pulled pulled rank and thought no sink or swim babes get on with it what were the standout moments to you what made you gasp well obviously there's the the, the revelation that you know she was pulled aside by a member of the royal family and was questioned about what kind of color art she was going to be when he was born that is kind of just gobsmacking and and everyone is going to be going you know who is that going to be um so that is genuinely a, a you know a really unpleasant side of of the firm um, can i talk to that lee for a sec this is going to sound like i'm trying to make an excuse for racism and i am absolutely not depending on the context though which we don't know and they didn't go into and harry refused to elaborate on but they were obviously both offended by what this person has said, and they have every right to be so. But in families, when there is somebody, uh, well, actually, it seems like this comment was made before she was pregnant, to be honest, by the end. In the first version of events, it was unclear when Harry talked about it. It was just about, no, you're getting together with Megan. So I wonder what colour skin your children are going to have. That's harder to excuse, actually. I was going to go down that track of every family sort of... uh, tries to think about what children will look like from a couple because we all do it and I was wondering if maybe there was a more innocent context but actually after he gave a bit more context at the end yeah I don't know if we can really use that excuse no it doesn't I mean I agree with you you know you know people do you know if somebody's got red hair they go I wonder if your child will have red hair um if it's if it's in the context of um you know light-hearted 
you know, affection, but it didn't sound like it was. It sounded like it was, you know, we're wondering what's going to happen and what kind of effect will this have have on, on the monarchy. Nobody cares. Nobody, you know, like she said, nobody, it hadn't even entered their their minds. It, it was just a really bizarre thing um, for them to 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 say but you know we know about the royal family how they you know anything that is 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 perceived as that doesn't fit in with their image you know from history is removed so you know we we talked about you know members of the royal family that had mental health issues that had physical disabilities you know hundreds of years ago that just disappeared they were sent places so it's not i don't think you can be wholly surprised but you would have think in this day and age it wouldn't it wouldn't be an issue. Well, there was always the rumour that Diana might have been pregnant and might have been actually knocked off because she was carrying a child that wasn't British. I mean, this this the one thing I have to say about this, it really did remind me of um, your King Edward, wasn't it, with Wallace Warfield Simpson, who mm. abdicated and famously was exiled. This reminded me of exactly the type of interview that they would have done because they did do interviews in the time um, and they talked about the same thing that the establishment it was so suffocating and they wanted to contribute differently to the world but the the monarchy couldn't let them do that within their own parameters so they had to leave it they had to exit it hasn't really progressed as, no. as, as as time has gone on, has it? It's you know, and this could have been the ideal opportunity to really modernise the royal family. Um, and whether or not you know the firm is just so terrified of change that they just don't want to go down that route. They want to have it as it's always been. You don't know. It's it, yeah. It's it's a, a strange concept. I found it fascinating when they were talking about that relationship that exists between the media especially the tabloid media and the uh, monarchy I didn't realize I always felt that they were pitted against each other and obviously to an extent they are but I didn't realize that there was this uh, fear morbid fear according to Harry that you know as soon as the the media decides to start sort of campaigning for a republic and turning against this family and talking about them as a, a, a blight on the taxpayer, that that could lead to the revolution because they are one of the last standing monarchs in the world. Uh, certainly the only one really that's still rooted in such a long history of tradition. They haven't modernised, as you've just pointed out, at all. I found that fascinating. What was really sad about this interview, though, was the family relationships mm. that have been broken or battered or bruised yeah it, you know I, I remember when when diana died um and and the years that that followed those two boys seemed to just really pull together and were such a tight knit unit um that this seems to be really sad that they they've gone in different directions i mean people may argue that that would have happened anyway you know people grow up they they have you know relationships and and they're not they don't say the same but you kind we always kind of hoped that that wouldn't happen with 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 wills and harry that they'd always remain tight um i think that it sounds like he still has a really good relationship with the queen um and that's lovely um but it doesn't sound like he at the moment he's got a particularly great relationship with charles I mean, when, when Harry said he literally didn't return my calls, 
Oh, I mean, I know there's another side to that, but mm, as a dad, I just oh, I don't even know how to reconcile that, if I'm going to be perfectly frank. In general, the royal family and how they interact with each other, all their kind of like foibles and rules and regulations, it is really bizarre. You kind of like think if you if you kind of move what some of the stuff that they do into your own family, you'd be like, really? We do that. We curtsy to each other. Um, it's it's a it's a completely different world. But then I kind of let you think. Well, if that's all they know, then do you know what really stood out to me about this? Actually, the more I think about it, is the fact that everything we always suspected about the royal family was sort of confirmed here. That it's dysfunctional. That they don't talk to each other about their feelings. That they're quite terrified of talking about mental health or the way somebody might not be coping, that it is rooted in uh, an institution rooted in fear of many external factors like the media or like being seen as real people because they, they go to great lengths, don't they, to only be a perception. Harry, his part of the interview, confirmed all of that to be true. Mm. It, you know, it, one of the things that she said that, that was really interesting was that, you know, when they... She said that when they'd found out that Philip had gone into hospital, she wanted to pick up the phone and speak to the Queen, like you would do in any family. You would, you know, if you heard mm. that somebody was ill or something had happened, you just pick up the phone and say, "How are you?" Um, and but they, the royal family, don't really act like that. They don't seem to have that kind of, you know, whether they do and we don't know about it. But there seems to be like they write letters to each other. <laughs> Um, yeah. and send a letter um, rather than just picking the phone up, um, which I find really strange. There was some really telling language used by both of them in this interview. At one point, it was only a passing reference, but she referred to them as that family. And he also referred to them as they on at least two occasions that I picked up, you know, creating that whole sense of it's definitely them, them being the family and Meghan and Harry over here, like there is such a fracture there, such a distance that I think they're very comfortable in now. What do you think it was, Lee, this contradiction that I just can't make sense of though, that they've, they've broken away because they didn't feel supported and because they want to lead this more independent natural life for, for their children, yet they scream for their privacy, yet this is the most high-profile interview of our generation. How does that make sense? Mm, it, yeah, I mean, people will argue you can't have you can't have your cake and eat it. You can't say, "Right, we want our privacy, but yet we want to do certain things." You you can argue that, but you can also argue that you know times have changed, and this is how you know we live our lives. At, you know, this is the way we do things. Um, I personally don't. You know, I don't really care what title they have um so it's such a contradiction though honestly to to be so aggrieved by a lack of privacy and intrusion in their lives and to sit down with oprah winfrey is bizarre it reads to me like this was spite all the stories that are coming out about megan that the palace are absolutely behind because they're all old rehashed stories for anyone who follows it closely about her bullying um staff and having tantrums and getting upset by the most silly of things and staff leaving and all of that. All those stories are out there. I tend to believe 
or think there's at least a good nugget of truth in each one of those stories. And it can't, I can't help but think that this interview that I just watched wasn't motivated by a woman needing to tell her story as much as it was motivated by spite and revenge. Hmm. I think there's a bit of both. I think you're quite right. I think there's an element of both in it. Um, yeah. Um, I don't think you can take this. You, you know, if you kind of like think, you know, she's having all these stories said about her constantly, whether they're true or not, you're not just going to go, yeah, that's fine. Um, you're going to want to have your own say. So, yeah. What was with the chickens? Bit. Why do we have to see the chickens so many times? <laughs> Are they going to get a title? Is it going to be <laughs> Her Royal Highness Chucky Will they Chuck? lay golden eggs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that kind of stuff just made you cringe a little bit because it was like, you know, we are, we're a normal family. Look, we've got chickens. Um, we've got a dog. Oh, you shouldn't be rude about that. This is what people do when you get together and you have children. <laughs> something biological happens to you. You're suddenly painting the nursery and you're up on the roof. I did things. I did masculine things when I had kids and was like nest it's called nesty and these two are nesting big time it was i, went, you know, I, I was, it, dis- was cute. <laughs> it was cute i was disappointed that, that they were ordinary chickens i would have wanted some sort of like <laughs> really want? i wanted like those fancy chickens that have like huge feathers <laughs> griffins you know unicorns that would have impressed me <laughs> unicorns <laughs> oh man i have to say it was beautifully shot too i you know i couldn't help but look at the whole thing because there was definitely i wouldn't quite call it a soft lens but they'd set up this beautiful shot to make sure that oprah who's about 109 <laughs> looked like a woman in her 60s it was beautifully shot the grounds they were on were stunning as well yeah good you've got if they obviously have good friends good friends with good houses that's all you need in hollywood a good friend with a good house that can lend you a good lighting rig as well i just i couldn't believe it when harry was going into the financials of his life i i i i, I don't know mm. why that particularly stood out because that is so undignified and so not the british thing to do to talk about your income and your money especially at his level and there he is talking about you know, well, no, we've been cut off. We don't get any money from the royal family. This was all with my mother's money. Yeah, that was I think bit, he was yeah. trying to make the point that Diana had predicted the need for a separate, you know, nest egg. And, and that's what he was implying strongly. If you earn your own coin, that is perfect. You know, do, what, do with it what you will. The fact is, is that we, as the British public, pay for the royal family through our taxes so you know if you leave the royal family should you continue to have income or not i kind of like think mm, well no I, I you know i agree that <sighs> to a certain level they are very high profile um so should they not have an element of protection but then i kind of like think well you know if you're not part of the royal family anymore you're a, you're like a celebrity I must admit that crossed my mind too. They were sort of pleading for sympathy around, oh, but the family wouldn't even pay for our security. And I'm like, mm, you don't live in the same circles as us. You would have been able to find the moolah to pay for your own security. I, I, I felt like, am I being harsh there? But I was really like, honestly, if 
that wealthy and your family say they're not paying for your security anymore, well, go and pay for it yourself, quite frankly. What happens next, Lee? What's the fallout going to be? Because you and I have sort of been resisting watching the teasers or the feedback and we've just watched it together online. And the the standout headline is absolutely going to be the accusation of racism. Uh, it's got to be because that was the most explosive um, moment of the interview. Um, I'm predicting the fallout is going to be, well, fascinating to watch. I actually think the fallout will be different in the UK. I think it will probably be, when they do the polls, perceived as undignified and just not what you do and ungrateful and all of that sort of stuff. Whereas in the US, I think they're going to be heroes. Mm. And I think it'll be a generation thing as well. I think, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. if I think my my parents who were kind of like in their 70s, they can't stand her. They can't stand him. They liked him. You know, before he was married, he could do no wrong. Now they can't stand him. It's like, oh, well, he's, cut, he's, he's, he's burnt his bridges. Get away. Whereas, you know, people who are, are younger are kind of like, well, you know, good for them, you know. Oh, it's going to rate through the roof as well. It's, you know, uh, it's it's an unbelievable piece of television history, though, I have to say. And it'd be interesting to see if there are ripple-on effects for the, for the institution, which is always at risk. I mean, and people think that's a new thing. It's It's been at risk for hundreds of years. And in mm. fact, it's even been disillusioned at points in history as well. So, I mean, the monarch is, is actually a much more fragile institution than what most people would think. Will this bring it to its knees? I doubt it, purely because... You know, I think it's more of a divisive interview than the royal family have purely done something wrong. I think it absolutely will, though, for the younger generation, wave a big flag in the air that you guys need to modernise, you need to shape up, you need to modernise now, at least make some gestures of modernisation. You know, I don't, and then, to be honest with you, I don't think a younger, a young, the younger generation really care about the royal family. Yeah, but um, Lee, that's 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 precisely the problem. Harry and William, back in the day, represented why young people would become invested in the institution, and they were taking great strides in modernising Invictus Games, mental health. You know, the four of them together, or uh, three of them at one point before Megan joined the clan, they were doing great things. They were they were talking about things that the monarchy had never done. The hope was in them, and it feels like this fracture now. With the fracture, also goes the hope that the younger generation would care about the monarchy. Yeah, if, I think if they don't learn the lessons and pull together and go, right, what can we learn from this and how can we make things better? I th- I, again, I think it goes back to the people that surround the royal family. I don't think it's the royal family per se themselves as individuals. I think it's this the firm that have the say in what happens. And I think until that changes, it won't change. Let's have a reality TV series um where we put them all in a in a in a in a, in a man in a palace but cameras everywhere like big brother that's the way to go that's how we do things nowadays let's do that and and it would be a palace that, that unexpectedly plays pranks on them like blows smoke into a room and and all of a sudden they have to freeze like statues for 30 minutes or they lose yeah. things like that right yeah is this partridge or is it or is it just ordinary chicken what is it um <laughs> I would pay money to see the Queen sat on a diary room throne (laughs) talking about her day. 
<laughs> oh dear. Yeah, well, she'd be saying, My great granddaughter has done an interview and one is not amused. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway. Lee, it's been interesting. I can't wait to watch the fallout. I'm about funnily enough, I'm about to go to bed. You're about to go and wander into the newspapers and gear up for the live telecast in the UK, probably. Yeah, interesting. It's going to be very interesting. The only thing that I think that will distract from it is if Philip pops off today. Um, if whether or not, you know, somebody is creeping into that room with a pillow to kind of just pop over his face, we don't know. But I think that oh, is the answer. Stop it. Don't <laughs> say that. By the that... time that I put this podcast up, he might have passed away and you're going to feel really bad. Yeah, yeah. Somebody might have accidentally pulled that plug out or something, and <laughs> and yeah, the the, the interview was cancelled. Um, the last words he ever hears are "switch him off." <laughs> <laughs> Lee, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, indeed. Thank you, thank you. We will we will we will bestow our best wishes from from the UK to the to the to the colonies. 